Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything on today's show. This young lady has no idea, but she changed my life. I tell, told her that all the time. Every time we talk, I tell her how much she's impacted my life. And just by one phone call, and I didn't know who she was when I called her. Um, I jumped on a Zoom. One of my buddies called me and said, hey, you need to hop on this Zoom with this uh, woman. And I hopped on, and I had no idea the impact that she was going to have on my life and, and what was going to happen as it transpired. What was great about it is because I didn't know who she was or what she did, I got to know who she was. And who she was was just a person who amplifies everyone. And then when I found out uh, what she did, it was incredible to be able to see. So, uh, you know, to be able to have her on the show today and her uh, new partner in the Sisu uh, Agency, I, I'm going to, I hope I didn't destroy that right off the bat. Um, <laughs> no. But I've got two titles, which I absolutely love. Number one is the Chief possibility officer. Uh, I said that right. And then the chief mm-hmm. of light bulb moments, uh, which is Lauren Cannon and Miss Paige Dungan. And they have the CSU agency. And I tell you, if you're a, a, an author out there, an influencer, um, if you're just a person who wants to be able to find the right audience, these are the people who are going to be uh, the, the people that will take you to the completely next level. And they have with my life. So welcome to the show, Lauren and Paige. Oh, Kelly, thank you. We're excited. Well, I think it's incredible because most of the time this is a mystery, especially to, uh, number one, business owners, um, anyone getting in the personal development space, authors, a person writes a book, they have an idea, um, they know they can impact people, um, but they don't have Lauren and Paige. And if you don't have (laughs) Lauren and Paige, most likely you're going to be a bestseller in your family like I am. I'm a bestseller (laughs) in my family. My mom bought my book and she said, son, it's the greatest ever. And I uh, rest on that. But if you want to get to that next level, you've got to have the page and the Lauren in your life. Um, tell us why that that is so important to you guys and why you wanted to uh, step off and do the CSU agency in the first place. Yeah, well, you know, Lauren and I have had many years in the personal development background and space, and we have supported, like you said, a wide variety of talent that are on the main stages of today. And we saw that there was really this next generation of talent that had new ideas, right, and new research and a new voice to share. And with us being surrounded by entrepreneurs for so many years, Lauren and I singly, like singly on our own, decided we wanted to leave and do something, right, to fulfill that fire that's been burning in us. And when we connected and kind of started sharing our hopes, goals, and dreams of what we wanted out of life, we saw this beautiful marriage of our skill sets together because we've always complimented each other in the kind of corporate America, right? Office space. And so we thought, why not try it on our own and bring what we know in each of our areas of expertise and really be able to choose the talent that we believe in um, to help elevate them to to exactly what you said, Anthony, whether that's being a household name or building a community of impact, um, we really want to be kind of that force that catapults them there. Well, so Lauren, I think it's so cool because, I mean, when I say that the CSU agency, you guys stepped off and did it. Most of the time people start a business from scratch. You're not starting a business from scratch. You guys understand, have the relationships in the, uh, in the industries where literally all it takes is a phone call from you guys where 
I would like it to be that simple for me. I would love to be able to be like, oh, wow, I want to do X and I can make a phone call and make those things happen. But that happens from relationship. So Lauren, can you speak mm -hmm. to the fact that it's not about like the marketing or the PR that you guys are doing or the, the social, uh, you know, uh, that you guys are taking care of people's social media. It's not just about the right post. It's about the fact that you guys have the right relationships. Why is that mm -hmm. been so important? And how were you able to craft that in, in yourself, uh, developing relationships? Right. And I mean, that's like you said, it's a huge part as to why we didn't start from scratch. We started with a handful of clients already. Um, because those relationships are, everything and every person you meet you you have no idea when you're going to come back across them later in life when they may need something from you when you may need something from them and as long as y'all connect on a level where uh your personalities align and you understand each other and you see their why then it's important to just keep in touch with those relationships so um, I know throughout my career thus far and in the different companies that I've been in and in between companies, um, whenever I meet really awesome people, I just always stay in touch with them. And then, you know, I took a phone call and just said, hey, I think I'm going to leave. And the next day that person called me back and was like, I have three clients for you. Um, so, it, you know, it just, it, it was great, <laughs> but it, it's, it's so important to know that, you know, your reputation is everything too, and to always act and pursue relationships with integrity um, without mm -hmm. the intent of getting anything from them, because, you know, then when the time comes that you need something or they need something, you're doing it from your heart and, um, you know, it's smart for both parties. So how are you able to, and both of you can answer this, both of you young ladies can answer this, is how can you take that part of it that you're saying that, you know, I'm not looking for anything from you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm developing a relationship, which is like planting mm -hmm. a seed, right? And so if you plant yes. an oak, oak seed and you go out and try and climb that tree tomorrow, it ain't going to happen. But when you're starting new in business, how are you able to stick to you guys' principles the way that you have? Where, I mean, I just had a, a call with Paige the other day and we're talking and she's like, look, you know, whether things, whether we move on to this aspect of our relationship as far as business, I want to help you. And that's not the conversation that most younger entrepreneurs have, they're scrapping. How have you guys been able to stay in that pocket? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, where, where does that confidence come from? You know, you know I, I think, think I, oh, both of you See, ladies, we, you have to raise your hand. You have to raise your hand before you talk. I'm just joking. Like, we even started the sentence the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, where that comes from is a genuine place of, of care and trust, right? So when we go into conversations, of course, Lauren and I, at the end, like, end game of this, want to be successful, right? We've had success in our careers, but we are very purposeful in what we're building from truly relationship-based business. And I think that's how you build a company or a brand that will withstand any obstacles that are thrown at it. It's got to be genuine relationship building. And when you do just 
start to have those conversations and support people without ever asking for anything back. When you go on to do a project, right, or release a book or release a product line, they naturally will come to you because they just, they value and trust you and they're excited for you, right? It's truly a friendship versus just dollars being exchanged. And so Lauren and I's goal has always been to be whoever we work with, take agency out of it and look at us as like an extension of your team. Like your core values are going to be our core values, right? And you may not have that million dollars to start working with us, which is not a million dollars by any means to work with us. But we will grow with you because we support and believe in you. And by us leaning in and showing, hey, let's build this together, there is going to be a natural affinity when somebody does have success, right, to come back tenfold and give you that support without even having to put the ask out there. So Lauren, help, help me with this too, and, and help our audience, because a lot of times people think of like PR marketing, because you, you guys do, I mean, literally you guys do it all. You do public uh, media relations, you're doing digital marketing, you're doing digital courses, you're doing pre-order campaigns, bestseller campaigns, influencer marketing, podcast launch, keynote speaking, social media, which I mean, when you look at like a, an author, like that's the holy grail. Like I just named off all the things that most people, they don't even write a book. They have an idea, but they don't write a book because of this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk to the audience about the things that a lot of times people don't think about that is so natural to you guys. Like when I'm talking with Paige and, you know, I get to spend a little bit of time with her. She's letting me know of different strategy wise. And I asked, I said, you know, the people that, um, you know, that you see all the time whether it be through social media or media, I asked, is that intentional? And she, she just laughed and she was like, absolutely 100%. Can you let us in behind the curtain of how you construct something like that? Because most people that are authors or they're speakers, they just think, well, I'm just going to speak and then it's just going to organically happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing really happens organically, especially these days. There's so much noise in the in the space. So that's why it's so important to get everything congruent. So that's, there's kind of two parts of it is um, everything you do has to have a goal. Um, and then it all has to be congruent with, with every other piece of the puzzle. So, you know, even if you're just posting a, Hey, how are you doing? Happy Thursday kind of thing on social, there's a goal with that. And it doesn't necessarily have to have a direct call to action, but it needs to somehow be either going after engagement, be going after reaching other people, um, and then being not only in line with really trying to serve the world with. Um, so that part is important. Important. Know the service you're bringing to the world. Where all do you want to show up? And then how can you make all those pieces work together? And doing that consistently is what's going to bring the audience and ultimately the profit you're looking for. So when you're talking about consistency, now I hear this uh, Mm -hmm. a lot. Like people will be like, you have to post at uh, 8.15 in the morning, and then you have to post at 11.30, and then you have to post at this time. And then I heard one guy say, post between 8 a.m. and 8 uh, 8 p.m. As long as you're posting, is there, is there a yep. formula or is that, uh, I mean, is that signature to every single person? 
you know, there's no great formula for it. I get that all the time and I see it from clients and you see it in the platforms that we use. They'll say the best, your optimal post time is this. Um, there is one trick to it that I like that if you do have an optimal post time, you want to post 30 minutes before that time because you want to make sure that it shows up in feeds. But honestly, the thing to do is post two, three times a day whenever you want to post, but just post consistently. Like people will get frustrated when something doesn't work and they'll back off, but you just got to show up every single day. So Paige, help me with this too, because let, let's talk to, we just talked to the, the I'm a, kind of the latent audience, right? But let's talk to mm -hmm. the author now. The author mm -hmm. that has just, maybe they've written their book, maybe they've self-published, they've gone yeah. after that. What are the three missteps that you see with these things that if the person could do these things, they would just, the trajectory would change? Yeah, I would say the first misstep that most authors have is when you write a book, everybody should care. I hate to say it, and it's kind of the tough love, but everybody has a book, right? Everyone is an author. Everybody has a book. You need to first and foremost craft that unique angle. When thinking about what people are talking about and what's trending right now, craft, I already say two to three pitch angles on why your book is relevant to now. And in those pitch angles, how it's going to solve their problem. Lauren and I talk about this all the time that many of our clients forget what problem are you trying to solve, right? Because at the end of the day, people are looking for your expertise, your help, but also an action plan on how to do it. So that would be step one. Step two, I think many authors misstep with understanding the power of um, podcasting, right? I know podcasting is very trendy right now. And every author is like, I need to get on Good Morning America. I need to get on the Today Show to be successful. Where you can really have an amazing grassroots push for pre-sale and launch is through connecting with the podcast network. And that starts by having relationships while you're writing the book right? Get podcasters kind of the sneak peek, have them be like, what do you think of this chapter angle? What do you think of this title, right? Bring them into your world. So when your book releases, again, going back to that topic, we just spoke about relationship building, right? That it's going to be a much natural tie for you to be on the podcast. And the third thing that I would say is make your book a, and Lauren and I did this for one of our authors more than a book, build a community behind it. Lauren did an amazing job with Kendra's campaign is you want your book to come to life and be a movement, right? So say it's a book on how to overcome, you know, fear or how to have more grit in your life. Create a community and a space where people can share like-minded journeys throughout the process. Not only will it create more user-generated content for the author, but it's going to create more of a long-lasting kind of effect, ripple effect of your content than just through book launch. So, Lauren, my, uh, my wife, her, uh, her uncle is a coach in the uh, Major League Farm Teams. He's worked mm -hmm. with the Angels for years. And I sat down mm -hmm. with them and I said, how do you coach high-level athletes that are pro? I mean, they're the best in the world. He said, most of the time, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm watching what they do. 
And then I'm asking them how they feel when they do what they do. He said, because Kelly, the difference between uh, a ground out or a pop out and a home run is that much difference in his swing. So it's not the talent level that's so much different. It's the fact of that much. And I said, really, does that much? And he said, yes, you could swing this much different and you could hit a home run or you could get out every single time. Can you talk to us about that little bit? Because not every great speaker or every great influencer jumps to the stratosphere. There's some people that you watch and you're like, how can they be in that spot? But they have some things behind them. What are those things that help to differentiate between the person with very similar talent? What's that little space in between? That little space in between, um, it's actually a big, ugly monster called ego. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it's true. It makes, it can be, a, there. it makes a huge difference. And, um, you know, when I'm working with different clients and different authors and speakers, um, I can tell right away if they're going to do what it, if they're going to listen to what they need to hear and make those changes or if their ego is going to get in the way. And that's where you really see the difference between the mega influencers and thought leaders out there and the people that are just kind of stuck on the mid level is that the ones that are making it happen, they have people behind them that they trust and that, mm. and that that person, you know, I have to trust the author and whoever I'm working with to take my feedback and know that it's coming from a place to make them better. So, um, when they don't want to listen to the tough love or hear the things that you know, are really blocking them, which is funny because in this space, they'll, they'll coach on it all the time. They'll, they can talk about it to their blue in their face, but they don't apply it. And mm -hmm. so that is really the biggest difference between if you're going to get lightning in a bottle and skyrocket, or if you're going to stay kind of at this micro influencer level. So Paige, help me, help me with this too. Um, and I've asked this in so many different industries. It, are you born with it or can you and Lauren create it? Here's the thing. It's just like in a, the entertainment world or sports world, right? We can pretty much create anything out of anything, right? So I, but I believe what you have to have, you have to have honest, raw truths to be able to be successful in a world. And what I mean by that is, you need to, like Lauren said, ego is very much a part of it and have that aside, but you need to be born with an inherent drive, right? And this drive needs to come in any way. It can be a small drive that maybe you're scared to lean into the drive, but it's there. But if you don't have that little voice in your head telling you to do more, try more, I want more than this. I'm better than this, right? If you don't have that natural instinct, it's almost impossible to make someone into something great, right? Because Lauren and I can only do so much. We cannot be the words coming out of your mouth, right? We cannot be what you're doing out there in the world. If we did, I think we'd have even more clients, right? But you've mm -hmm. got to have some type of drive. We can tap into that drive and hone in on what that drive is really leading you to, but it's got to start everything that like many other, you know, teachers in this space, it truly has to start within, within here. 
So Lauren, this is the thing too, is like, you know, with the CSU agency, um, you, and I'm saying this, you're not saying this, but <laughs> you, you guys don't work with every single person. You're not the agency for every single person in the world. <laughs> what do you look for when you're, cause it, when I, when I look at you guys and why I admire you so much is because you're not selling your services, you're buying the person that comes in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you guys are looking and saying like, do you align with our core values? Do you mm -hmm. align with where we're going? Because ultimately they're going to be a representation of you. Talk to us about, um, and I'm, I, if, if I get you in trouble in these things, you know, there may be a safe word, but you already said that we could talk about anything. Yeah. What, what do you look for? Like, what do you see? I mean, what are the little things? Like, I remember I used to, when we were at hair shows, uh, when I was very young in the professional beauty industry, we would walk through the hair show and I would have a young kid with me and I would tell him, I would say, you got to watch, you got to look, right? So number one, we would look, you know, hair was a big one because we were in the industry, but I would always tell the person that I was with the young kid, I would say, check their shoes, like check their shoes. And if they're all put together, and mm -hmm. when they're all put together, they got some nasty, crusty shoes that are, you know, torn up. You could tell that they didn't have the detail part of it. And it's not about the amount of money that they spent on the shoes. Mm -hmm. Because my dad taught me, even with the busted up pro wings that we had from Payless, make sure your shoes look good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you could tell a lot about a person during that time. What are those little signs that you can see that most of us aren't, you know, privy to? that you could spot mm -hmm. it and say like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. in or I'm out. Yep. I, when I, whenever I have the opportunity to be with people, um, you know, in an event space and, and that's where a lot of the people we've met before, um, we see them, it's how they treat the person they're standing next to. Um, are, do they have an awareness of who the, who's next to them, whether they know them or not, is there, can mm -hmm. I tell that they're aware that this person exists or are they so focused in on themselves that they're not paying attention to that? And then if they have team with them, how are they treating the people on their team? Um, mm -hmm. I can tell pretty quickly from someone if they um, practice what they preach or not. And so if, if it's someone that doesn't align with their message, then I typically won't work with them. Go ahead, Paige. Well, and I it. think to that as an agency, you know, we are very purposeful with um, creating kind of the lanes we work in. So we have had said no to other clients outside of the space that we really want to focus mm -hmm. in. And it's hard, right? Because we are six months old and we could use that revenue. But there are two clients that I'm thinking of. One, you know, was out completely outside personal development, but would have been a huge retainer. Another just wasn't the right fit with our core values as an agency at that time. And so, you know, it truly goes, like Lauren said, it goes back to us and our intuition and our purpose. And Lauren and I left, you know, a world where you didn't have the option of who to choose to be with. And now we have that option of who to choose to work with. And we don't take that for granted. I mean, that's, we don't take that lightly. So can you guys talk to the young women out there that want to be entrepreneurs? Because this is, I, I tell you, it's never been a shinier word in the history of the world. 
I remember when I first came in touch with the word entrepreneur when we were growing up. Lauren, you don't know this about me, but my dad got into a millionaire course in like 1984, one of the first ones. (laughs) And we had to listen to uh, millionaire tapes uh, every night through a a broken headphone and he put it in our pillow and we had to do what's called sleep teaching, which now Mm -hmm. I know is subconscious learning, but it was just torture to mm-hmm. us. Um, mm-hmm. But when they said entrepreneur the first time, I was in fourth grade and I heard it and I was like, ha ha, that sounds like manure. I, I like the word, <laughs> right? And then it became this, like people talked about entrepreneurship and then now it's this shiny, like I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about the real part of being an entrepreneur? Oh um, yeah, the real part is, yeah. uh, is <laughs> it's, it's, very challenging and it's you work Mm -hmm. in the business a lot before you can work on the business yeah and being an entrepreneur you want to just work on the business but if you if your business is not set up for processes and systems Mm -hmm. um you're not going to scale to work on the business so when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, it sounds really nice and it sounds rich, but it's not the the money you need <laughs> to go into the business. It's not a get, get quick rich. Out. No, it is uh, it is grueling. We work a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We recently talked about how it's like you know we just need to stop talking about how much we work because at the end of the day <laughs> we do we're working con- <laughs> we're working constantly and it does nothing but yeah. burn you out and, and that's not you know we love what we do. So working however many hours you end up working a week, it's, it's not something that eats at you because you're, you're filling up what you're doing, but you know, you just have to focus on trying to get it done. And sometimes that means, you know, starting at 7am and after the kids go to school and then working at, you know, eight to 1am after the kids go to bed and it's just, you've got to do what you got to do. So and how, you know what? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, oh, sorry, Kelly. No, no I was going to say what what I think I was most surprised going on this entrepreneurial journey that I never realized is what mental like strength you need to have to be an entrepreneur. I, you know, you you at first it's shiny, it's new, it's exciting, but I came across this graph on Instagram that was like a roller coaster, right? You go through moments, I'm doing amazing, I suck, the client hates me, the client loves me, I'm not good enough, I am good enough. Like truly, this is in, in, an entire day and you repeat it the next day. So I was really surprised with how much you also not only need to work in the business, but work on yourself. Cause sometimes you don't realize there's things in your own life that you've been hindering that will pop out as insecurities when you're starting your business and don't ignore those flags, address them, right? Because as you're learning to grow as an entrepreneur, it also gives you the space to grow up here, right? And to be able to cause more room mentally to be a better person and better business person. But I'm telling you, I mean, Lauren and I will call each other crying, laughing, crying (laughs) multiple times a day. I mean, you would think, you know, we were in the loony bin. Well, I mean, look at looking at you from a from an outside perspective. They people who see the Sisu agency, they know you guys in the industry. They just think that there's no challenges. They think that wow, you know, Paige and Lauren. I mean, literally, uh, like 
I've been looking for you two for my whole life. I really have. I've told you this before, Paige. Lauren, the more and more we spend time together, I've been looking for, for, for you guys. Lauren, can you talk about some of the dark um, conversations that you've had with yourself lately? Because the reason why I say it is because I had a guy stop listening to my content, right? He said, I had to get off your Instagram. And I said, why? And he pulled me close. He, he looked around to see if anyone was there. He's like, because you're too positive. And I was like, what? And he said, my life kind of sucks. And you sound like your life is always going great. And I pulled him close and I said, guy, it's, it's all about choosing joy. Like, I choose joy. It's not about the circumstances that happen to me that bring my happiness because I don't go on happiness because it'll bring sadness. I go off the fact that I choose the fact that, you know what? I make up the rules. It's Kelly's world and everything works for Kelly and Kelly's world. That's it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that suck. But most people mm -hmm. don't hear those dark conversations. What are the, what are some of the things that, that what's the conversation? What are some of those conversations that a, that a superhero like yourself, Lauren has, has heard lately? Oh, well, you know, it's, it's really challenging when you make a mistake in your work and with the, the clients that you work with and you, you know, it just, it eats at you because you'll see other people doing it and you're like, ah, oh, I screwed this up. And there's a million other people in the world that can do what I do. Um, and, and so that, you know, you start to feel imposter syndrome and like, I'm a fraud and, um, and then, you know, hopefully you, you, fix the mistake and, and you make it better the next time. And the other stuff is really just how can I show up in the world for my clients, for my business partner. But at the same time, I, I've got young kids at home and a husband and that gets really challenging when I'm, I, my office is usually set up in the kids playroom and they come over and they want to sit on my lap while I'm working on something. And then <laughs> they want to, you know, I feel guilty having Paw Patrol on in the background while they're, you know, so that they're entertained so I can get work done. And, you know, I'll have times at night where my two-year-old, my three-year-old will come and just close my laptop. I'll be working. And she's like, no, no, no more. And that just, that kills me because I, there's always work to do and there's always something to do when you're an entrepreneur, when you have a business. Um, and especially when you're in a client business, you, you mm -hmm. know, your clients, some, they're messaging you Saturday, Sunday, there's not really a time limit to it. And so, um, you know, it's, it's really hard if you don't set those kinds of boundaries to maintain your sanity at home and be a present parent. So the question I have for you guys too is, <clears throat> um, Kendra Hull, amazing woman, mm -hmm. amazing, mm -hmm. right? I wouldn't have known about her if it wasn't for you guys, right? And I met her and I was like, wow, this is so amazing. I was just energized. I got off. And then when I talked to Paige, she let me know the other day when we were having the conversation, nothing happens by chance, right? Mm -hmm. So the things are constructed. And then I thought about it. I was like, wow, she was so authentic in, in delivering it. It was who she was. But everything mm -hmm. made me feel the way that you guys wanted me to feel in the first place. And it's mm -hmm. incredible how this goes. I think one of the things that I want to ask you about is take us behind the, the construction of the 
pre-order campaign because I watched this happen. Mm -hmm. If I didn't know you guys, I would just be like, wow, I keep seeing this book that's about storytelling and storytelling is your life. Change your, change your story, change your life. Now, mm -hmm. you guys are shaking your head. And you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, that was a lot of Paw Patrol in the background. And like, so yeah. take us through that because most people don't understand the gravity of what it is that you do to construct yeah. something that all the foundation that is looking so pretty on the outside there's so much strong foundation on the bottom that you guys have created that a lot of times people, maybe they're not picking up on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lauren, do you want to first start on the marketing side of it and then I'll do the PR arm yeah. of the campaign? Yeah. Can you, yeah, before you get I mean, it, before you get yeah. into it, Lauren, can you explain too, because people, I think never understand the difference between the two. They're like PR oh, and marketing. Oh, they just smash them together. Right. They do, but they're so different. They're sisters, right? They complement each other, but there's they have two different personalities. So, so help, help me yeah. if, if you guys were explaining it to my 10-year-old son, Maddox, mm -hmm. and you were mm -hmm. going to say, this is PR and this is marketing, and they are two different, completely different aspects. Can you explain that before we jump into the construction of how you guys put it together? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think on the... PR side, um, it's, uh, think of the Hollywood sign, right? In LA, you know it, everybody sees it, it's a tourist attraction. That's what PR does. We're trying to make you the Hollywood sign. We want people to know you, see you, hear you everywhere. Like in a nutshell, our job is to put you on every platform possible and get you to the Hollywood sign status. Okay. And for the, the marketing side, it is everywhere you see the Hollywood sign besides where the Hollywood sign actually lives. It's making mm -hmm. sure that you're aware of the existence of it um, and trying to push you to, you know, hike the trail up to be the Hollywood sign. I've and, never, I've know, never heard it put like that. And that makes it so much simpler. I, and I, hope all the, I, well, and I hope all the people out there listening understand yeah. because a lot of times people are like, I mean, for me, and I could tell you this when I say other people, when I started my company very early on, people were like, what are you going to do for PR? What are you going to do for marketing? And I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to put on that hat and then I'm going to put on that hat and then I'm going to, I'm going to go and do the stuff. Yeah. But I didn't realize that there was the Paige and the Lauren out there. I didn't realize that, mm -hmm. you know, th those kind of things. But it, you guys, it makes so much sense. So now, Lauren, we've been eagerly awaiting to understand. <laughs> Take us behind the scenes. Take us to that little, you know, behind the curtain, the Oz, mm -hmm. because you constructed it. You pulled the levers and made sure that all these things happened. Yeah, a lot. You have to start with knowing what the people want and what pain you're going to solve for them. So, you know, I don't let, I don't want to ever start assuming I know and having the client I work with assume they know the problem that their audience is, is seeking help for. So I always, we start with a survey and get as many responses as we can. And that's really your greatest asset as a marketer is to survey the people and let them tell you what they need. Um, don't just assume that they have a fear of imposter syndrome or something, because what we found was that everyone in Kendra's audience had a fear of not being enough, not feeling good enough. Um, and so we 
were able to take our survey and build everything, every single campaign, every marketing message off of that. So we went into designing the pre-order curriculum for, you know, what would benefit them? Would it be a course? Would it be a quiz? Um, and then what ultimately that content should be. So then, you know, it's me and the, the client going back and forth with script writing and, and designing exactly what will solve the problem and then how we tie the book into all of that. It's just making sure that it's all congruent and you're wanting to build a lot of value. So people are buying a $24 book, but nowadays people don't want to, you know, they want a lot more for that $24. They want $300 worth of something. So you have to make sure that you can add that in and give them those different incentives, but you have to kind of expand it out through your campaign. You don't want to give it all at once. You want to make sure that you're kind of dripping it out. So you're building excitement and new audiences at the same time. Talk to us too about the PR side of this. Talk to us now about, we, we, we've got the, we're, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Lauren leading us to the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell us. And then how we get everyone to notice the sign. Yes. So again, so what a beautiful thing about a book is, is it's the best business card you could ask for. So, you know, with Kendra, she, this was an opportunity to take her book and get her into the right relationships with personal development folks. So you think of like the Mel Robbins and the Dave Hollises, right? This is a book very much in the world too. So in the background is pulling those levers to make relationships naturally happening, encouraging the client to reach out to them on social, right? Encouraging the client what to say to them in the DM, right? So we're behind kind of like Lauren crafting the script, but on the relationship building side. And along with the PR side, what comes from that, and this is the interesting part where PR and marketing cross together, is we had uh, built together a very big virtual launch party, right? To push not only pre-sales on Lauren's side, but to bring a human element to it on kind of the PR event side. And what you didn't see is us sitting stuffing 1,500 kits that took four days for all of these individuals to enjoy this virtual celebration with actually tangible items that brought the message of the book to life. And so on virtual events, and we had an in-person event, that's very much where Lauren and I's worlds cross. They also cross from a content perspective. So when I'm working on pitch angles for the media, Lauren's sharing with me what messaging they're using in social, right? And what's been successful for them. So that's where that complementary kind of sister relationship comes in. But then again, it's us on the PR side in the background telling them kind of the best forms and ways to communicate and which people they should be communicating with. So is there a way to be able to separate or is it always best to have both in line with each other? Because a lot of times I'll, I'll uh, you know, people always ask the question, Lauren, yourself and, and with Paige, like people ask this question all the time, like how do I understand if I'm getting my value out of PR mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what I've learned from mm -hmm. just being around is mm -hmm. there's other elements to it. You can't, you just can't, you just can't, uh, you know, jump one part of your business. Right. And so yeah. talk to us about that. 
I think PR has always had that stigma, right? With the ROI, Mm -hmm. with social, you can see follower growth. With ads, you can see click through. With PR, there's a couple Mm -hmm. of aspects that you need to see you. One, I always look at who, what connections are you starting to, to build? If you're having the A names start to reach out to you versus you reaching out to them, PR is working, right? If you're getting those invitations that you've always wanted, but you've never been on the invite list, PR is working. And so you really have to look on the PR side of who you're talking to, right? where you're being talked about, and then also what opportunities are starting to open for you that have not been opened before. And so while we can look at, okay, we're going to get you five media hits a month, right, on podcast, TV, et cetera, it's more than the one hit one-offs, right? Again, it goes back to that relationship building. Like, but what things where you always wanted to be the kid at the table that you haven't been the kid at the table, but now you are. How about, uh, you know, Lauren, with the marketing side, can you just, because I've seen this happen too, where a company will market, but they won't have a consistent message. Um, they just market and they just, I mean, they're just out there just throwing stuff. <laughs> so can you have marketing without PR? You can, but it may, it may not work. And that's where you see the people just, you know, they, I hate when they say they throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Nothing's going to stick if you do that because it all comes down to that consistency and the reach. So you've just got to keep at it. And that's part where the PR really helps is they will help you with that message and they'll make sure that you're getting in places where marketing doesn't necessarily get you in different um, platforms in different circles and talking amongst each other. Um, so, you know, the marketing has to support the ultimate PR message. Now, both, both of you are married. Both of you have children, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Littles. How does this work in relationship and family? Because you guys construct, mm. uh, like you guys start with an emotion in mind that you want to be able to have, right? So yeah. with a, say like with a Kendra or a DJ Rancan, you already know what you want your audience to feel. How does this transfer into you guys' marriage? Do you guys go in? Do you, are you guys tricking us? Are you tricking us? Oh, I wish. I wish. Do you have an emotion that you want your, your husband to feel, and then you put a, a campaign together and make him feel it, and then you're like, yes. I, I should start doing that. I have, <laughs> you should start doing you should, that. That's when it all comes off, and it's just, yeah. None of this translates to marriage. (laughs) None of it translates to marriage. Well, in the sense of like, you know, I think though, um, I am very, it helps in the sense of being very purposeful of what I'm wanting to (laughs) say to him, right? Like, I think, like, it makes me construct the story. And I do, I can, you can elaborate and make it a, a, a much more robust opportunity to get him to say yes, right? With our skill set. But I can't say Lauren and I, I think are the everyday wife still trying, right? To work on the husbands on just every part of normal relationships, communication, balance, you know, that all is in our world 
whether or not we have the skill set or not. So, so Lauren, how have you ever been caught? Like, have you ever been caught by your man <laughs> and him be like, don't try that stuff on me. Like, I know what you're doing here. You know what I'm saying? Because really, when you think yep. about like a bestseller campaign, I used to think, I remember when I wrote my book, which I'm a bestseller <laughs> in my family. And when I wrote my, when I wrote my first book, I looked up, Googled how to become a New York Times bestseller. And it said, sell 9,000 copies. I was like, I'm in, I'm going to sell 9,000 <laughs> copies and I'm going to be a bestseller and I'm going to be traveling around the world and everything's going to work out. It didn't work that way. So but you guys have campaigns on how to do it, campaigns on pre-sale, campaigns on how to get verified. <laughs> Has your husband ever caught you in a campaign in your relationship that you're in? And he's like, stop, stop doing that. He's probably caught me on campaigns with our kids to be like, that's not going to work on the three-year-old during the tantrum <laughs> where I'm trying to redirect and get her to want to do the thing that I'm wanting to do. Um, and, and so that definitely works. And I mean, with him, he probably hasn't caught me doing it, but there's definitely times where it's like, okay, we need to just focus on this. And, mm -hmm. and then he'll be like, stop, stop, stop doing that. When's, <laughs> when's the last time you tricked him? Either one of you can answer. And he didn't know, and he still doesn't know, but you got the result that you wanted. Oh, that happened with our family vacation that we booked this May. So I tricked him. I, I, I spelled out this elaborate story of the kids and the beach and the water and the storytelling. And, you know, my husband is very much a budgeter and very much like, what can we use points for, right? Well, the hotel wasn't on points. And so what I did is I literally put this PowerPoint together and showed him of all the beautiful things features at the hotel and what the kids are going to be enjoying. I knew what I was doing. I knew the messaging that I was portraying to him. And he immediately was like, let's do it. And to this day, I think he's surprised. Like he still makes comments about how he said yes, but he has never correlated the presentation and the storytelling as my tactics to get him to yes, when I know it probably would have been a no otherwise. How do you both keep people um, from getting in a rush, right? Because what you do with the CSU agency, you guys are not uh, throw gasoline on somebody, blow them up, and then uh, then they're gone the next. You guys are building people that are going to be long lasting in their communities, in their careers. Um, you're doing this, and this is what you know, Paige and I, you and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. How do you keep people from like a, a person comes to you and maybe you see that it factor, Lauren, and you know, you, you see that there's the components and the ego is suppressed and, and things are not suppressed, but you know, it's not going to get in the way. And you think like this can happen. How do you keep the person from, you know, them feeling like, Hey, I want to speak to hundreds of thousands. And you're like, uh, we need to speak to 10. Um, <laughs> You know, and then, then we'll do 12 and then we'll do 15 and then we'll go here. How, like, tell us how you communicate that to somebody, because a lot of times when, when people hear of PR and marketing and they have two, you know, superheroes like you two, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sign on with you. And tomorrow I'm going to be flying in the stratosphere with Elon mm -hmm. Musk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, so it depends on the delivery that they need with that. Um, is that a, a page message or can they take more of 
to uh, me, so which true. is a little bit drier and direct and tough love. So depending on the relationship is who ultimately delivers the tough love um, in that. If they um, can hear the uncensored version of, of no one, um, you know, no one really cares about you. Um, they care about themselves. Uh, you know, and so it, it's those, those Can you say things. it? Can you that's say that me. again? Can you hold on for a second? <laughs> yes, Lauren, you, Lauren, you said that with the straight face and I was like, damn, no one cares about nope. me. I, I thought you were talking to me, which you were. And <laughs> when you said that, I was like, wow. And then you paused and that pause was everything. <laughs> can you say it? Again? Can you say it again? Can you say it again for the yes, people okay. watching and for so, the people listening? Say it again. So nobody cares about you. They only care about themselves. But it, it's, you know, and, it, and it's, it's a real tough thing to hear. It's really tough. And so I don't deliver that message to every client. I know I can sense if they're ready to hear it or not. Uh, if they're not ready to hear it, I send Paige in to deliver it. I go in. More Paige way. Yes. The delivery would be but like... Yes. Like, okay, I know where you want to get to and we're going to, we can get you there, but let's talk about the steps we need to versus Lauren would be like, no, everything we're doing is not right. <laughs> but, it, but, but it's good, right? Because different clients respond to different communication mm -hmm. styles. And I think that's why we work so well together because our communication styles complement each other. Like when I need someone to be a little more tough love with a client, Lauren's that gal. And then when we need to bring someone out of like a funk or blue, or they're not happy with something, right. I'll go in and kind of pull that. So we know, I think that's a beautiful thing is we're tapped into each other's communication styles and when the client needs it. So, yeah. And I think another part of that is, um, I never, we never delivered that kind of message without a solution. So yeah. it, 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 you know, I don't, I don't tell someone that no one cares about you with that and just leave it at that necessarily. It's like, here's what we, here's what we should do instead. Here's, here's how you should direct the message instead. So there's always, you know, an action for us to take and for right. them to take. I'm not just going to leave them hanging in this like, pit of like darkness that is just like oh man no one cares about me what do I do now I'm gonna tell them what to do now I'm gonna tell them yeah. what to do next that honestly in that pause though, I felt like I was in the ocean, like in the pause, you said, no one cares about you. And then you paused and I swear it felt like 15 minutes. I was like, damn, my mom. You're like, is she going to come back? Like, my mom cared about me. Can you imagine if you would have like lost Wi-Fi at that time? <laughs> just paused. So <clears throat> help me, help me to understand this too, because in crafting stories, in constructing, how are you able to keep the heart and the authenticity for you guys um, when you're going through it? Because for me, I'm, I'm a systems guy. So like I, I break things down to the lowest common denominator. Um, you know, early on in my career, I knew it was not about the creativity that I had, but it was about the technique that I could extract. And then I could give it to literally like now I could take, I could take a 10 year old and in 40 hours, I could teach them to do every single thing that I did in my career and it took me 29 years to do. Now I couldn't teach them to deal with people and deal with all the variables, but technique wise, I could do that mm -hmm. part. 
But a lot of times what I found was, is when I was teaching that technique, um, because it was so cut and dry, like I knew the technique to it, that sometimes I missed the relationship with the person. But you guys have continued to stay authentic through the whole process, even though you're constructing and it's very purposeful. Can you please let us behind the scenes on that and how you both are able to do that? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, you know, on the PR side that there's always a plan and a purpose, but that's where I love what we do because we really get to tap into the personality, right? And so while yes, right, there is a structure and a system and process and it's never a copy paste, but it's a template paste, right? And so we have this kind of template that we work on. We let each and every client's personality be the judge of what we're doing next. And so that's why I think you still get, it doesn't sound like, it wouldn't sound like Kelly, you reading from a script, right? It's going to come from how you speak and how you deliver and what your mannerisms are, even though in your ear, we're telling you exactly what we want as the outcome. There's always wiggle room to put your own flair on it, right? It's never going to be, like I said, a copy paste. We just use the template for what we know is successful. And then we leave the blank spaces based on the individual's own personality. Yeah, I'd say, and and from the marketing side, everything, I try to customize every single campaign because Mm-hmm. Even though that's a lot more work, um, it would be easy to just do a copy and paste and there would be, a, there's a lot of programs that do that. Um, but not every campaign fits every goal. And so if your goal is to sell a million dollar mastermind versus the goal of selling a book, the way that we would construct that campaign is completely different. Um, and you want to make sure that while we, I coach a lot of the clients and I help write scripts and things that they're going to say, I always want them to be authentic. I don't want them to feel Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to turn them into a different version of someone else that's already out there doing it. So I make sure to keep all, not only the goal of the campaign, but, you know, as Paige was saying, who the person is, um, into, you know, what is our lead strategy going to be, who our avatars are, Um, So it really is almost starting from scratch with every campaign. So when you get to a mastery level, I I refer to you guys as superheroes because for those of you out there listening, if you you get a chance to be able to be around Paige and be around Lauren, your your life is going to enhance at a a ridiculous Mm -hmm. level, not only on a personal side, but from the professional side. And when you have a mastery that both of you do in your careers, which I I refer to Jordan a lot, I refer to, uh, you know, I think I use that a ton and I use like a Tom Brady and things like that. When you become a master, like you guys are in your industry, what drives you to continue to get better? Because literally like with your education, with your experience, with your relationships, it's not like you would have to push any further. Both of you are very humble and you're going to be like, no, we're still working. We're still, but I'm not, I could say this. I could say that you guys are the best in your industry. So when you are like, why push and and where do you get where do you get the the motivation to be able to push the way that you do i think i get i get excited oh, sorry thank oh, no, you go, go ahead Lauren. no no go ahead i i i 
truly get the motivation from work, the people that we work with and their messages. Um, something new will come. We, we had a spectacular campaign, sold lots of stuff. You know, what's the point of let's just keep going. Let's just copy it and let it go on. But then we'll find something that serves people in a different way. And then I get excited to start something new. And so it's that, you know, I want to, I want to try this. I want to try that. Um, and it's that experimenting that keeps me motivated to keep going. And I would say the same, especially on the PR side, the landscape is always changing. I mean, you look at influencers now and they're one of the top forms and mediums for PR. Like you can never stay stale. And the reason I have that drive is because I genuinely love what I do. It took me many years to figure out the industry that I needed to be in, that I was made to be in because my college degree didn't match who I was made to be. And once I found it, I was like, I want to continue to hone my craft, not just for myself, but truly for the clients. Like I love our clients like family. And if I can get their message out, like when I get them on a Good Morning America or an Oprah, it is not yay me, it's yay for them and the audience that they're going to be reaching for their message. And then once we've hit Oprah, what else can we do? Like Lauren said, it's this continual drive because I think when you truly have a passion for your purpose, you just inherently want to continue to learn and grow with it. This is, this is going to be one of the things when I ask, you guys have to answer yes or no. And you would never say this about yourselves. They're very humble people. If you're listening, you're watching, you can see it in them. They're very humble, but I'm not humble about their abilities and I'm not humble about them at all. So is there anyone, anyone in the world that if they did what you said, that you couldn't spiral into the stratosphere? No, if they do what we say and it, I was, you know, truly are coachable. I, no, we can make it happen. happen. Because here's the thing, Kelly, because we're going to choose the right people. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I love this. I love this because when I, I, I started with the caveat of that, I, I remember asking a couple of my guests, um, and getting to be around some of some really, really high level entrepreneurs, business owners, um, guys that have sold their companies for, you know, 600 million at points and uh, in the billions and things like that. And then I asked him, I said, what would it take for you to mentor somebody? Because, you know, create a, you guys can imagine, I'll give you this idea, but you guys can imagine taking all the people who have maybe retired, they don't need any money, they don't need anything. And to be able to have young entrepreneurs have access to them in a mentorship kind of scenario. And I asked all my friends and I asked all the people that I'm around and I said, what would it take? Would it take equity in their company? And you know what the one thing that 100% of the people said? What? Hmm. I asked them, is it equity? Is it just a lump sum? Do they need to pay a fee per month? Do they do, need to do a mastermind? They all said the exact same thing and they all don't know each other. And that thing was, as long as they would listen to me, report back to me the results of which they practiced of what I said, I would do it for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. like it, it blew my mind. I mean, it, it blew my mind in that. And so that's the reason why I asked the question is because, I mean, I, I think that, you know, for those of you out there that are, you know, going to write a book and, uh, you know, that you're in that space, 
when you find someone like a Lauren and like a Paige, listen to them. <laughs> listen to them. And when I ask you, like, if, and when I say the caveat of, like, if they listen to you, could you make them? And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Lauren was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Paige, you're like, yep. But it's mm-hmm. amazing because most of the time the challenge is, is the, you know, just not the application of it. I want to thank both of you yeah. guys for, for being on the show. The CSU agency, I just think, I mean, I, I'm so happy because I know uh, Paige was saying that it's one of the first interviews that you guys have done. It um, is our first, you know? yeah. And I, I, I'm so excited about this and, uh, you know, and what you guys are doing because you guys are truly, um, again, I think masters at their craft are not trying to grab a hold of every single thing. They're trying to do what they are meant to do at the best of their ability. And I just, I, I mean, I, I want to congratulate both of you on that. Um, the reason why I started the podcast is because of my kids, uh, Maddox and McKenna. Maddox is 10 years old, mm-hmm. and he's an absolute superstar, superhero, and just lives in his own world. My daughter is 13 mm-hmm. years old. Her name is McKenna. She is an artist. She does everything from her heart, and she has the funniest mm-hmm. personality that you could ever think of. Mm-hmm. I started it because I want to take iconic people like yourselves, and I wanted to show my kids that iconic people weren't superheroes. They were human beings with an amazing attitude and great work ethic. What advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both of their names, it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Maddox and McKenna, my number one piece of advice is don't stop. Don't stop because you think I'm not good enough. Don't stop because you think I don't know how to do it. Don't stop because of what anybody else says, right? That I know is a phrase that has been used so many times, but truly whatever you have the heart for, you will be successful in. I would say to Maddox and McKenna, um, you will be successful at anything you do. Um, You will be the best at anything you do as long as you don't stop trying until you are and you Mm -hmm. will figure it out. Um, Whatever you don't know, just pursue it with the thought that you will figure it out and you will get it done and you will always be the best at what you do. Chief Possibility Officer and Chief (laughs) of Light Bulb Moments of CSU Agency. Guys, uh, you both of you ladies have been absolutely phenomenal. You have uh, mm-hmm. exceeded expectation and added so much value. Now the time, if you're listening, you're watching, number one, you've fallen in love with Lauren and Paige and you want to find out about the CSU Agency, <laughs> which is CSU agen- the CSUAgency.com. You need to check it out. Um, also, too, if you found any value in it, which I know every one of you did, you need to share it with somebody. You need to share it with women entrepreneurs. You need to send, uh, uh, share it with authors that, that need to get their voice out there and get outside of being a best-selling author in their own family. Um, anybody who wants to craft a message, wants to uh, trick their husband into going on vacation, share this with every single person that you possibly I can. He's not but watching. I will, he is going to watch. I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him clips. Um, but I want to. I want to thank you both for being on the show and taking your time. And you, um, you, have, you have just added so much value today. And I, I really, really appreciate who you are. And, and uh, you know, on a side note, what you do. Thank you for having us, thank Kelly. You. It's been thank a true joy. You, you got it. You're officially off the hot seat.